When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We like to call it the hump day edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Lots to get into, and we don't have a lot of time to do it, so we got to get right to it. Uh, Texas spring football news, notes, and nuggets. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll also uh, hear from uh, Steve Sarkeesian. At the start of the week, he did have a media availability. We got some of that audio that we have not played, that we have not gotten to. We'll get to that coming up here as well. Texas baseball. Ball. They got the dub, baby. That's all that matters. My man Harsh was on the call with the legend Craig Way, the voice of Longhorns. That means, oh, he's a good luck charm. That means they got to bring him back again. He's going to do it again. We're going to see. If they were lost, then we would have got on him. Uh, but other than that, he won. So we'll talk about that. We'll hear from Harsh as well. Also, we got a special guest coming up for you next segment. We'll also get into the Lamar Jackson saga. More details about it. We'll also theorize, hypothesize who will give Lamar Jackson the deal that he covets. Also, we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, Todd McShay got to say another mock draft that we have to get to. All of that and more before we do. Let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres because he wanted to chase the dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Mike, hardball hard. What's going on, bro? What to do, what to do. Like the tower. Nah. No, I was just playing. The boy was out there, and I had a little <laughs> bit of fun. <laughs> Got a chance to watch them boys go out there and get that dub last night. You were right. The great Craig Way was so eloquent enough to let me be a part of the broadcast. Had a great time. Got a W. And those guys went out there and battled. But we'll get into that a little bit yes, later. But as you know, 
He sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college Hall of Famer Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate that intro, as always. Get sweeter and sweeter every time. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP of the show. He's one of the idealionaires. Actually, he's the idealionaire uh, on the show. One of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we're sure that he's underpaid. It's Patrick Davis. How you doing, Patrick? Doing good, doing good. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, we don't have a ton of time because we're off early again. I'm Fred 615 for Texas Baseball. Hards, we'll get your thoughts about Texas Baseball uh, and their win because you were there front row seat, but you also had to work. You had to work for it. You had to <laughs> work for, for that it. front That's row right. seat. Uh, right. But you did have it uh, next to Craig. I heard uh, the beginning of the game on the radio while I was out running errands. Did a great job. Sounded fantastic. Appreciate uh, it, But, yeah, and, and you did. I think you worked with Craig way before, so you guys have yep. great chemistry all, all, as well. Uh, but it also helps to be, uh, you know, when you, you get a call to win. For yeah. your team, Woo. it it helps. Trust me, I used to do sideline for Texas. Yes, and uh, yeah, man, them, them them L's are tough to stomach when you do, when you got to do your damn job. It's never fun because you're upset. <laughs> and you're like, hold on, I got I got to be I got a certain tone of professionalism here. I need to maintain, and yet I do want to let the people know how I feel. Uh, right. But you did a great job, so we'll get into that. We'll also talk about Texas uh, football, uh, spring football, I should say. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian from his media availability from Monday. There's still some uh, bits of sound that we didn't get to. Uh, that I want to talk about, and also we'll get to some of the reports. Uh, we got a lot of great inside Texas doing a really good job covering uh, spring football. Uh, heard Chip Brown and my man Jeff Howe on earlier. Uh, they did a good job covering uh, spring football for Horns 24-7, so we're pretty damn lucky. So uh, we just kind of, you know, just got to make sure that we scrounge up all those great reports yeah. and uh, bring yeah. them to you, the people. So we're going to do that and talk about some Texas spring football. You can be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing. Specs Tech Science is the best uh, place to do it, 512-337-3776. You also can do it via Twitter, Hardball Harge, at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, let's. Uh, you want to start with Texas baseball or Texas football? Let's go Texas football because uh-huh. we'll get into the baseball a little bit later as well. Uh, yeah, okay, so we'll get Texas yep. baseball coming up. Uh, Texas football, a lot of little nuggets that we'll get to. We won't get to all of them, uh, but there are some really good ones uh, that I want to get to. So I was doing some research today, so we'll dive into it and kind of go position by position. But first, let's hear from Coach Sark. Coach Sark had his media availability on Monday. We played some of these cuts yesterday, but it's a couple that we didn't really get a chance to get to. Uh, here is the cut that I believe led to the big story yeah, about yeah. open competition at the quarterback position because that's what the the question was framed about the quarterback position, I believe. And then Sark goes on and to talk about how, hey, man, we, we're about competition. So here is uh, Coach Sark. They all are open right now. I mean, I, I'm not worried about, you know, you know who's going to be on the cover of what magazine next week. You know, I'm more focused on – or is each guy focusing on what they need to do to develop to be the best player that they can be? Um, it's like anything. Quinn has an entire year of a head start, you know, but, but I don't want to hold Arch back. I want to see how far he can take this thing and what it can look like. All right, there you go. So, and he, he got into all the positions are open, but we know that's – he said that before, and it is <laughs> – I don't think you take it literally. 
Uh, Although for some positions, I guess it is. But I think that just means like we want to make sure that everybody out here knows they can win a job and you can lose a job. Yep. So guys have jobs. I do think, you know, there are guys who are, you know, Kelvin Banks, it's his job. JT Sanders, that's, you know, he's the starting tight end for Texas. Um, You know, and, you, you know, Quinn Ewers right now, I believe, is the, you know, he's the starter for the time being. And right yep. now, I do believe he's the projected starter. I think he's going to be the starter for the year. Mm-hmm. And But you you need Arch Manning yep. for a lot of reasons, though, Harge. And you're a quarterback, so, hell, I'm talking, you know, I'm preaching to somebody who already knows these things. But if you look at Texas football, just the history, we were talking about this on Longhorn Blitz, my man Jeff Howe and Matt Butler. And Before you get into that, let me ask oh, you this. Go ahead. I love the, the presentation of your rookie card. Oh, that was you know nice. that was very kind. That was very, that was very kind. Nice of Jeff that was Howell. smooth. That was cool of Jeff Howe. I like the way yeah. it looked. So, because you brought up Longhorn Blitz, so that's the first thing I thought yeah. about. Was wanted to ask you about it, but I digress. <laughs> I let you roll into it, but that was outstanding for you to get your rookie card. That was amazing. Yeah, for those who don't know, Jeff Howe got me a very, very rare uh, version of a rookie card for me. I think it's like a gold version or something. Yeah. So they're very rare. I don't know how rare Jeff is. Really into he's into the cards, the, the memorabilia that kind so of So for him cards. to present you with yeah, that that so, means that that was a dope so card. So apparently my man Jeff Howe and Matt yeah. Butler were doing some some research yeah. about it. So I I appreciate and I, I actually I've gotten some some folks who have sent me some so I appreciate that. But it was yeah. really nice. It was yeah. really nice of Jeff. Yeah. Sorry to um, interrupt. Go no, ahead. no no go ahead. So it, was, it, was, yeah. it was a it was a really cool moment. Yep. Like I said, Jeff, you'll give me something. I got to leave this to my kids now. Exactly. It was like a really, really it was nice all in the encased and everything. Yeah. I was like, this is really nice. Exactly. He gave me something. I got to leave in like my yeah. wheel to the kids if I Legacy baby. There you go. Uh, Daddy but, was cold back in the day. You know what I'm saying? I get yeah, it. No question. But no. Uh, but but getting back to you know the the, the comment about it being an open competition. Um, I think for for Sark, he knows he's going to need Arch Manning. We went and talked about it on Longhorn Blitz. You go look since 1999. I believe you can only count six seasons where a quarterback has played every has started and played every game without having to be benched for. You know, productivity reasons are benched because of bad play and or an injury of some sort. Right. It ain't it ain't many seasons. There's very few. Very very few. You go yep. you go. Or, or Malik. I don't. I mean, Malik is dealing with right now. He's His dealing own, with an injury. Yeah. So uh, that's out there too. Um, so I'm not. And actually, he was limited. Malik Murphy was lim. He practiced, not practiced, but he was out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he practiced. He was out yeah. there, and uh, he wasn't out there in the first practice. But he was out there for the second practice, um, and so was Keelan Robinson and Jonathan Brooks. But they were limited in practice. Right. Just throwing that out there mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, you're gonna need Arch Manning. You're gonna need you're gonna need a second string quarterback, a backup. I'm not sure if it's Malik or it's Arch right now. It seems like it's gonna be Arch, Bruh. We've seen it every year. It, it, it's important. What is the biggest conversation that I have every single year? Who is the backup quarterback? Not because I think he's better, because it's a necessity. It you have to have somebody that is there that can hold it down until your starter gets back. And you need somebody to push you as the starting quarterback. You can get set in your laurels and be out there and just say, yeah, I'm the man. It don't matter how bad I play or what I do. I need somebody to push me every single time. And not only that, as I've said, if something happens, it happens at the quarterback position more often to where it is the most high profile. If you lost a lineman, okay, we can work through that because your quarterback is still there. If you don't have a quarterback that can run the offense, 
it creates a lot of problems. That's why it's important for the development of the backup just as much as it is for the starter. No, I totally agree. We've seen it more and more at every level. Every level of elite football. The Big 12 this year, I mean, Iowa State, Mm -hmm. I believe, was the only team that didn't need their backup because of an injury or because they end up benching their quarterback in the Big 12. I believe that's correct. I mean, you got to go back and check. I think Baylor even had an injury of some sort, and they they needed their backup for a game or to come in when uh, shaping went down. In the NFL playoffs, I mean, what? Baltimore, second string quarterback, third string with San Fran, third string with the Miami Dolphins, Scholar Thompson's out there playing. Everybody's going to need a backup, man. I don't know why teams don't value it. Like I said, everything valuable in our life, we have insurance on. Exactly. Backup is just insurance on the quarterback position if it's that valuable. Uh, speaking of quarterback, uh, Bobby Burton, he was on with B&E, did a great yep. job. Bobby always does a really good job. And Bobby has been following Texas football, covering Texas football, I should say. Covering and following. He's a fan as well. But he covers he covers it really, really well for Inside Texas. And he said that, um, that Quinn Ewers' footwork right now looks – Pretty good. It's better. It looks really good. It looks different. It looks like it has been uh, refined. It looks like it. It's a lot more polished, and than it was last season. Late when you a quarterback yourself started talking about how the footwork was very lax mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, that it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't lining up with. Where he was throwing the ball, oftentimes, right. and it came back. It came, and he and he can, he can pull it off because he's got an sensational once a, once in a generation type arm. But it did come back to haunt him. Yep. Uh, late in the season, that those that lazy footwork that he had, and Bobby Burton brought up that the footwork does not seem lazy right now. It seems like it's much more improved. Well, and I think too he understood that, and you know as well as I do. And you brought this up earlier in the the season when I was really pressing on the conversation about his footwork and how he was getting lazy. You kept saying he can't work on it right now. He has to be he able do to it go in the season. He can do it in the drills. He can do it in a moment. But when the game is going on, you revert back to what's comfortable for you. So now is the time for him to really make that moment of. Okay, where was I lacking last year? Because now the game has caught up with me. Because as an elite player, you can get away with so many different things. And for somebody Mm -hmm. that didn't play his senior year, went to a college that he didn't know anybody, got there late, didn't probably get the proper reps at that time, and they were like, "Uh, we're not really going to work on his footwork. We need to make sure that CJ and Justin Fields are in the right position before he can get there. So there were some things that were going on, and you're like, "Uh, there's not the focus for them. He got lazy with it, came here. He he's anointed. He goes out there and start dropping them bombs, and everybody's excited. First quarter, Alabama, but, right? First quarter, <laughs> Alabama. He's just dropping back and just letting it flip. He got away from the fundamental things, the values that make you a good quarterback. Yes, the arm is golden. We all love it. But how did you get there? Because the, the level of elite play changes everything that you end up having in front of you. So that is why I believe that he needed to work on it. And for Bobby Burton to see it already, saw that the kid put the work in during the offseason, that's impressive. He also brought up Arch Manning and that um, for a quarterback first entering Texas, that he might be the most polished NFL-ready quarterback already, just kind of looking at his natural 
footwork, the the technique, his release, which he he also talked about being really really quick, and he said he's bigger than Quinn Ewers. Like if you just yeah. look at his just build overall, that he looks a little bit bigger than Quinn Ewers. Um, yeah. And I thought that was interesting too, just talking about where Arch may be overall in his development. So I mean, without I mean, it, it and none of this is an, an issue at all, obviously, because you're talking about first world problems. This is not a I don't think it's a true quarterback competition, but there's no doubt you need to get Arch Manning ready to go right away. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but you have needed backup quarterbacks to help you no wow. no achieve doubt. your goal no most seventy five percent of the time in the last twenty four or five years or so. No doubt. So you, there's a good chance you're going to need <laughs> yeah. uh, your backup quarterback to go win you a game or help you. And Arch Manning right now is that guy until we can figure out what's going on with Malik Murphy and his foot. And Sark loves Malik Murphy. You yeah. can tell when he talks about Malik Murphy, he really likes Malik Murphy. But, I mean, you can't make the club in the tub. Yeah. Figure out a way to get on the field. Yep. You got to make sure that. And I'm I'm curious to that as well. And there's probably a lot more that we're not privy to that I would love to find out because – he was out there for the bowl games. He was out there at every at every um, pregame, throwing the ball. Looked like he was moving well. I wonder how big of a problem that ankle truly is. If he's still lived, dealing with that, because that's been two years now. I don't like, know if what it's is something going, new. Yeah, or that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they've revealed that in, in detail. Maybe, maybe nobody's asked about it. Maybe he doesn't. We know Sark and injuries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you. I, I didn't <laughs> tell a, you because you didn't need to know. He's a, <laughs> a so-so about them injuries there, yeah. man. Um, okay, let's talk about the wide receiver position, actually, because uh, Jeff Howe was really complimentary of Jonte Cook and mm-hmm. just the, the just how he looks. Yep. He just looks the part. And uh, and I noticed, and, and, and so did Bobby Burton also talking about it. I heard uh, Jerry Hamilton talking about him as well um, when I was uh, doing some research and talking about how really just how polished he is overall. He's behind uh, X-Men at the position they have X-Men in, so he's basically backing up X-Men. <clears throat> but in terms of route running, in terms of his ability, um, Bobby Burton talking about his ability to come back to the football, which is something usually you got to teach you got to teach and preach to yep. young wide receivers. Hey, come back to the football. He just seems very savvy for a freshman. Right. That seems to be the world on the street. That if any of the freshmen are standing out and they got a ton of really impressive young guys, Cedric Baxter, another one we'll talk about, that Jonte Cook right now, mm-hmm. he just seems to be a guy that's definitely going to end up forcing his way on the field. You're yeah. going to have to figure out a way to to put Jonte Cook on the field and play him. And I've been wanting to ask you this for for quite some time, Rod. Like, when you look at the wide receiver position and you really dive into it, are there certain – do you feel like the wide receiver position is a position that you can come in and make an impact quicker oh, yeah. than what you would for any other position, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, no yeah. No doubt, especially yeah. in Sark's offense. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Sark's offense is very wide receiver friendly. Yep. Very wide receiver friendly offense. Um, and we look at, especially because he likes a certain type of wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And not saying he doesn't have some versatility in the wide receiver room now, but he does like a certain type. And Jonte Cook is that type. You're talking about a burner, uh, but also a guy that is a precise route runner and kind of a natural route runner. It's maybe worthy. That's never been a complaint. The guy runs beautiful routes, uh, really precise routes. And I think. That's one of the things Sark really likes. As a matter of fact, 
uh, Bobby was talking about as well. Bobby Burton said that, you know, Sark was really hands-on with the wide receivers in the little win- media window they saw. And it makes perfect sense because Sark does he, – he's it's a, it's a wide receiver-friendly offense because I think Sark is the one coaching the wide receivers a lot of the times too. Yep, because yes. of yes. The, just because of how the the passing game is so interconnected, I think he is a lot of the time teaching them exactly what he wants from the wide receivers. He talks about the movement routes that he mm-hmm. likes, which are you know routes that hitting the wide receivers on the move, um, and his RPO based passing game. So I do think that's a big part of it. As a matter of fact, here's Sark um, when being asked about the wide receiver room on Monday and his uh, comment on the wide receivers. It's a good group. Um, you know, you, you bring A.D. Mitchell in, and I think we all know what, what he's capable of. We'll see how far he can go. Jonte and DeAndre Moore both look really good. You know, they're serious about their craft and, and feel good about kind of where they were after day one today. Um, we get Isaiah Nair back, who I think we all had high hopes for a year ago uh, at this time, and he's running well. He's working hard. And then we get the addition of Ryan Niblett here in the summer. So um, I definitely feel like that group, took a step in a positive direction and to get Jordan Whittington back for one more year uh, to get that veteran experience. So uh, all, all positive on that front. All right. Yeah. The wide receiver room should be a strength for the team. Uh, you got X-Men, Jonte Cook, you got Jay Witt, um, now A.D. Mitchell, J.C. Yep. Kane, DeAndre Moore, they just said, is also a guy that's in, or at least working with the two deep. So that should be And he's strength. somebody that they keep saying does not look like a freshman when he walks out there and the way he moves, DeAndre Moore, that is. I'm impressed. I'm impressed by the reports that everybody's seeing from him. <laughs> Everybody keeps saying that he's a different type of guy. He's almost like the Jonte Cook. Where you're like, oh, this guy is that kind of dude. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to what you've been talking about, and we talked about this week. But I got a chance to listen to you guys yesterday when I was on my way to the stadium about those positions and how you can present yourself and make well right away. It's yeah. cool. That's that's actually leads us to Cedric Baxter. The reports yep. are he is he's a guy that, that looks like. He can play at the next level physically. That it's not going to be a hu- a a big transition for right. him physically because he already uh, looks the part. Uh, but also right now because of the injuries, Keelan Robinson being injured, Jonathan Brooks being injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's right behind Jaden Blue, I believe, running second team. So he's getting a ton of reps. Yep, they get they getting to see a lot of him. And they did point out that uh, uh, at least uh, inside Texas, point out that Savion Red was getting fourth team reps, but they were the coaches were really complimentary of Savion Red and even Sark talked about it and we'll get into that cut a little bit later on too that they they have a plan for Savion Red, a, a vision mm-hmm. for him. Now I don't know if he's gonna fulfill that, but they have a vision for him. And he hasn't said the word or the term I should say, but the description is positionless football so that I've been preaching about for a couple of few years now it's obviously a very popular term uh, but he never he never used the term but he's describing it when he describes Savion Red mm-hmm. and I wonder if if that may be what he's thinking so we'll get into that too coming up a little bit later on when we talk some more Texas football because uh, I'll, I'll, I want my man uh, Patrick to play that cut too because it's a really good cut about the description of Savion Red and the vision they have for him and the reason that they need a guy like Savion Red, too. So we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, let's 
hear uh, my man Harge on his take on Texas baseball just really quickly before uh, we go to the break. Texas baseball with a big win, uh, so we can we can stave off the <laughs> conversation about panic buttons for a yeah, while. Yeah, don't even need to have the panic button conversation. No, uh, they're not at. You know, not at five hundred, but you said you want them at five hundred or above five hundred. I should say. Yep. By the end of the week, no doubt. And they're they're headed in that direction yeah. after that win last mm-hmm. night. Uh, LeBaron Johnson got the W. He hung on long enough for Texas to explode in the bottom of the fourth inning for a four run inning. And look, there were some pitches that were questionable last night as far as missing in certain spots, but. You saw what he did last week against LSU. You saw big league stuff. You got front-line pitching. Well, last night he learned a little bit more about himself because he wasn't as sharp as he was against LSU. Uh, I told you guys yesterday, I said, don't sleep on Sam Houston because those guys can hit. They find plenty of barrels. That's exactly what they did last night. They kept putting the ball in play. Texas had some timely hits, made some good defensive plays. But we learned a lot about LeBaron Johnson as a pitcher because he was able to battle through not having his best stuff. He didn't have – he was early in the game. He had a a fastball that was spotting, and he was setting people up good with that split finger. Well, what ended up happening, they started swinging at the fastball and laying off the split finger. And that's what's going to happen with an experienced team. You start laying off stuff, making them throw a couple more pitches here and there, and that's exactly what happened. But this Texas team, they had some guys come off the bench that played well, that didn't start the game, but they stayed engaged and came up clutch in big situations. So take it for what it was last night. It was a good played game. They they had a couple errors at, at the shortstop position. They're going to get better. They're going to continue to get better because – they're playing at home. So let's not panic. Let's just have a good week and see where they are by the end of the week. I'll be back on the call on Friday night. Nice. Um, this Friday as they take on the Jaspers, but tonight, the Manhattan Jaspers. But tonight they play Mercer, and Mercer's a team that they've never played against. They're, Mercer's a team out of the SOCON conference that has been playing pretty well this year. So they'll have another test because when you don't know anything about a team, that's your biggest challenge. It's a good point. You don't uh, have any yeah. familiarity with them. Especially early on in the season. Yeah. Yeah, there's no sample size of film to watch on those guys. And these days in college, more turnover than ever on rosters at, at any sport because of the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, so you got, I mean, you, you want to do some research. Yeah. You got to do some deep dive research. <laughs> exactly. Uh, on guys. Uh, one question I got for you uh, about, about Texas. Um, right now, what's the strength of the team? That's a, that's that's a tricky question okay. because they're still trying they to pinpoint. One. They don't. Okay. They're still they're still that's growing. Why they're under 500. That's why they're under <laughs> five hundred because they're straight. still yeah. trying to figure out what's next. Where do we go next for this information? Where do we go for for us to try to process where our strengths and our weaknesses are? Because you're still trying to fit mm. together lineups, yeah. and that's the one thing that I want people to truly. Take a step back and and think about what Texas lost. They lost a ton on the infield. And I'm talking about third, short, and first. And I'll even throw in second base because Mitchell Daly has been playing second base for two seasons now. 
two seasons, and now we flip them back over to the shortstop position where on the when you're playing second base, you can kind of lose your shortstop mentality, the throwing angles, where your arm is used to being, and how you're used to seeing the defense. I know everybody wants to think it's just flip the switch. It's really not. I played both. I understand what that kid is going through. Mm -hmm. I understand when you put a freshman out there that is getting challenged in Jaden Duplantier. Yes, we expect them to make the plays because you're playing at the University of Texas. You're playing at Texas Tech. You're playing at all these big-time schools. But you still have to understand that I've got to make the routine play. Mm -hmm. That has been the biggest problem. It's not the spectacular play because when you make a spectacular play, it's spectacular. It's the routine plays that make you that that makes the difference between wins and losses a lot of times. Yeah, no, you're right about that. It's because I mean that's what Bill Walsh used to always talk about too. He said, you know, we basically are trying to score quickly because at one point, one of my eleven players on offense, I'm paraphrasing Bill Walsh, of course, Got you. they're going to screw it up. They're going to miss a block. They're going to make a mistake. They're human. All right, and that's just happens. He said the more chances they have on the field, the more exposed they are. Exactly. The 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 odds go up they're going to make a mistake and then mess up the whole damn drive. Right. That's why he was big on. We got to score an explosive plays. I need a big explosive play because I don't need my guys out there. They're smart, but not for fifteen straight plays. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, something is going to so, go that's wrong. That's why you always say put the ball in play. Yep. Just make them go through. Make them go. Make them go through it every time, but they will. But every now and then. Guy makes a mistake. Exactly. He was he wasn't focused. He was thinking about something else. My, I mean, mind wanders, all that kind of stuff. You got to catch it. Yeah. You got to throw it, and they got to catch it again. Yep. I always say it in football too. It's like, can I got tackle? Let's see. Throw it out there and see if yep. the guy can tackle. See if he can tackle in space. If he can tackle, great. We'll move on. But if he can't tackle, oh, then we just found something. Exactly. I can't tackle in space. Exactly. Keep throwing it out there. Exactly. It's simple stuff. I agree with you 100%. Uh, this Texas says when Texas figure out figures out they are not home run hitters and hit the ball pretty. Uh, well, pretty well using the middle and opposite field, offense will come alive. So here's the biggest thing, and I agree with you 100%, Texter. This is the thing that I was talking about with some other baseball people that I've been traveling with. You sit here and you look at what Texas put up last year. It was the most prestigious season at the, at the plate that you can possibly ever have. They went from that to possibly this could be the worst home run season in Texas history because it's not that it's the team's not built for that. The but, team is not built for that. Yeah. So if you got to, to to the texter's point, you have to be able to create something that you're not. You're not that guy where you're going to be sitting there waiting for the big three run blast. You can't you can't live like that because you don't have those types of guys in your lineup. You got some guys with some pop. You got some guys with some sock. But let's go back and look at their history of home runs. Not very many of them. There's not many guys on that team where you can sit back and say, oh, we got to play for the three-run blast. No, you got to scratch and claw and win every inning like Augie Garrido used to say. Oh, if I can beat you every inning, I'm going to win the game. Yeah. So you point. have to try to change your mentality. I told you about Oklahoma last week. I said Oklahoma's team is totally different than the team that he had before, but you know what they do? They put the ball in play. They got guys that can run, and they put pressure on you to make the play. That is something that you have to adjust to 
year to year because you're not going to have those boppers. We didn't expect Ivan Melendez to come up with them kind of numbers last year. We didn't expect for Messenger and 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 uh, Faltini and Staley to have those types of years. If we just lucked upon it, and Silas Ardwan, boom. There's yeah. a lot of things that need to change. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, all right, we come back. We got a special guest on the other side. Uh, we'll come back and get into that uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one four nine one. Someone's pain or pleasure Suddenly you're born You cannot make it by yourself all right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie, <laughs> a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick takes songs from the soundtrack of a movie, plays those selections for us, and based on the songs that are played, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. Uh, you got something, Harge. You're feeling it. I can tell Is you. Is this the OJs? No. Who is this? <laughs> Who is this? Danny yep. Madden. Oh. Danny Madden? No. Man, he sound like he part of the OJs. Sound like a Levert right there. <laughs> you like them vocals? I do, I do like, like them vocals. vocals. Uh-huh. His name is what? Danny what? Danny Madden. All right. Okay. We obviously okay. have no shot. I at know somebody that might have a shot though. Um, let me see. Hold on. Let me think if I think about this really quick. Is it uh is it Sister Act? No. Okay. Right. That sounds so good. It's a random thought. I don't know why it came to my head, but it came to my head. All right, uh, let's get to a man who might actually know. That's right. what I'm saying. He, he actually might he know. This. Uh, of course, he is a he's a renaissance man. I could go start going through his resume, uh, but I wouldn't be to able to do it justice. I would just say that he is a published author. Uh, he also is a talk radio host right here on 104.9 The Horn with a Real a Life Real Talk. You can get that noon to one. I usually hear it while I'm doing some yard work. It's always good stuff on 104 Now the Horn uh, on Saturdays. And, of course, he is also a motivational speaker. And I think that's probably what he mm. does most naturally uh, because he gets me motivated every time I talk to him. It is Tyler Campbell joining us right now on the, the Carol's Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Tyler, how you doing, brother? Man, it is a plum pleasing pleasure. I'm about to download some Danny Mac, whatever his name. I'm about to find this man. Y'all hear me? I'm yeah. going to find him. And, guys, it's a pleasure, man. I, I have right here with me um, Dominique Lavigne, who I know we're going to talk about more of the things today. Um, but Dominique is on the line with me. And, y'all, it is a plum pleasing pleasure, fellas. Hey, Dominique. Uh, How you doing, thank Dominique? Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And you are involved with uh, one of the reasons we want to bring uh, Tyler on. Um, and you helped spearhead this. It is a podcast um, that is called A Campbell Never Quits. I like the name. <laughs> Number one, I love the name of it. Yeah, that's right. It's a great name. But tell us a little bit more about uh, that Campbell Never Quits podcast. And you guys have several episodes of it. And get into what the, the theme of it is, what kind of the motif of this is. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for having me on today. It's just been a pleasure to work with Tyler on this project. We've been doing this for the past two and a half years now. It's me and two of my co-producers. Uh, they wish they could have been here today, but I'm kind of representing uh, our group for us. But really what we want to talk about is just kind of Tyler's life story. While we were in college, we met Tyler and we got to hear 
everything that he's gone through and just hearing everything that he's experienced in his life is just so motivational, so inspiring. Um, and so we hope that by, you know, like this podcast, people feel that inspiration, that motivation, and that it really moves them in their life. So really that's kind of what this whole podcast is about is hearing his life so that people can be motivated to, to see some change in their own lives. And everybody does need to see some change in his own life, in their own lives. And one of the things that we love about Tyler is he speaks from the heart. Everything is about a journey. It's Mm -hmm. about a story about what's going on with him and how he can incorporate it to your life and what some things that you may be going through. So how did you guys, I know you said back from college days, but when did this all start to take place when y'all got together and said, we need to talk about your story because obviously a Campbell never quits. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. D. Go ahead on that. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we started this project. Um, it was, I believe our sophomore year of college. We were in an audio storytelling class together and our final project was to put together a podcast trailer. And our professor came to us and said, Tyler has been working with some students. I think he has a great story. If you guys are interested, maybe this could be the topic of um, your podcast trailer. Because my group and I, we wanted to do something sports-related. And so we met with Tyler, and just hearing his story, I came to our group and I was like, guys, like, do you want to take this beyond the trailer? Because I think this is a story worth telling. Um, I think a lot of people would really benefit from hearing Tyler's story. Um, so that's kind of how it came about was it started as a project and we kind of took it beyond that. And, and for me, guys, y'all know this, man, and they're incredible. Um, whenever, you know, cause the next generation is always under scrutiny a lot of times, like what is the next generation? What are they going to do when they become in leadership position? And so y'all know this rod and hard, whenever you get a chance to, to work with the next generation and when they set a meeting, they're on time, right? They come prepared like they're ready. Um, those are the things that our time is so precious. Those things stood out immediately with them. And y'all know I bleed, I bleed red and black, but anytime you can help out the Longhorn Nation, you know, you got to be down for the call. You know what I'm saying? I love it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, for those who don't know, and I'm sure you know, if you listen to uh, Real Life, Real Talk uh, on the weekends here, Saturdays uh, noon to one, uh, then you know about uh, Tyler Campbell and you know about uh, his struggles. But for those who don't know, one of the obviously reasons for the timing of this podcast is that it is uh, Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Month. Yep. And uh, Tyler, obviously, that is something that's close to your heart. One of the, I say, you're a Renaissance man. One of the other things that you are is a champion uh, for multiple sclerosis awareness um, and try to get the word out there about how this is something that affects millions of people, but it's also something that you can uh, live with and also you can have a, a a great quality of life with. And a lot of people learn to do that. And I, and I think that's special. And I know Dominique, you'll, you'll chime in on this, fellas. Like this mm-hmm. is this is the month to shine. And and look, Black History Month was last month. So you mean I get to shine mm-hmm. two months in a row? <laughs> what? But but here's the, here's the beautiful thing. Um, I was the first person to ever play Division One college football with MS, and that was back in 2007. And so the feedback already from the podcast has been, Mr. Campbell. I'm now a marathon runner and I go to college here. 
or I, I do cross country over here and I have MS or I'm playing baseball over here and I have MS. I found your story when you were diagnosed. So you got that next generation and you have students who tie that in and debut a new episode every week. So it's special because when you speak about what you've been through and what you've gone through, as a mint for it to have the opportunity to help somebody else, you don't know how far that's going to go. And so learning those things from the people who have listened into the podcast and, and bringing up a new generation of student athletes, that's special, y'all. Go, go ahead, D. I mean, I don't know why y'all chose the month of March, but I'm glad you did because I know y'all want to debut you sooner. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, we definitely chose March in line with MS Awareness Month. And I know for me, just seeing how dominant Tyler was at his sport while dealing with MS, like that's not easy. It's really difficult to do what he did, and it kind of blows my mind every time I would, I would be editing and hearing sounds over and over again and hearing what people had to say about him. It blows my mind how successful he was at what he did and how in spite of his circumstance, he was so positive and how he had all these people around him, you know, being support systems for him through this and adding to kind of what Tyler said earlier about how this is inspiring for the younger generation. I know for me, hearing his story was really inspiring um, because you hear all the people in his life that were there for him in his lowest moments and his highest moments, and they have nothing but good things to say about him, like in any circumstance. And because of that, you know, I thought to myself, if, if anyone were to ever do something like this about me or talk about me, I want them to talk about me the way Tyler's friends are talking about him because it's just so, it's so mind-blowing and so amazing to hear how much of an impact he left on so many people's lives and is now continuing to do that. And we just really hope that the podcast is an avenue to continue that influence. If you can't so find... We're just trying to keep the main thing the main thing. Hmm. You know, I, I told, I'm so happy because, like, people get a chance to hear my father, my coaches, the trainers, my mother... You know, and, and, and to credit to the kids, y'all, when Earl Campbell speaks, you know, Earl Campbell does some expletives from time to time. When he <laughs> and I credit them for not editing it out because that's my pop. I'm pop from the country in East Texas. And so he gave the world in his verbiage the same world he would give to my brother and myself in terms mm -hmm. of his expectations over us and how him not taking any stuff from us. And so when you listen to the podcast, you get Earl Campbell in his own form that the journalist that said Golden couldn't get <laughs> and that, that the radio can't get. But it's, but it's my father and his authenticity, my mother and her authenticity. My brother got, got a bad mouth on him, too. That's his authenticity. Lord have mercy. You know, so I, I can <laughs> but I can appreciate it because I want people to know this is my world, this is my truth, and this is what I come from. This is my family, my values. It's because of every person who's been in my life. And so, man, I thank them for that. Tyler and Dominique, um, we appreciate y'all jumping on with us, but where can people find this podcast? Where's more information for that so we can make sure that we continue to spread the word? Because if you can't understand the passion and the, and the love that Tyler Campbell has for you, then you're missing the conversation because that man walks and breathes mm. positivity. And if you can't get behind that, then something's wrong with you. Hey, take it away, D. Let the people know. Let the people know. <laughs> you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Um, and you can follow us on social media at ACNQ Podcast on Instagram. We have updates on when uh, episodes are released. Today, episode two came out, so make sure to go check that out as well. Um, and if you guys have any feedback or what you think about the podcast, any questions, you can email us at acnqpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. ACNQ, baby. A Campbell never quits, y'all. That's the name. That's the model. <laughs> uh, who came up with the name? Love it. Who came up with the name? Um, I came up with the name, but really it, nice. was, it was Tyler. Tyler said his dad said, <laughs> a Campbell never quits. And wow. that kind of is the theme throughout the whole podcast. So I was like, there's no other, there's no other option. <laughs> hey, Robbie, Robbie and Harsh, listen to me. If you never quit, you can never lose. There it is. On the cerebral. There hey, it man, is. That's exactly. why. Hey, you didn't got hey, my hey, mind over I love here. that. Yeah. I love it. Hey, thank you guys. We really appreciate the time. And more importantly, we appreciate the message. God bless. Hey, Thank love y'all. Keep on keeping on, fellas. Right. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank y'all. you, brother. Uh, that is uh, Tyler Campbell and Dominique. It is, I think it's a Dominique Levine. Okay. I believe it is. Okay. Uh, make sure I got, I think that's the name right there that I got in my email. If not, he's going to send it back to he you. He's going to let me know. <laughs> he will let me know. Uh, but uh, I appreciate TC. It always, <clears throat> he always leaves me feeling more, uh, yeah. more, I don't know, optimistic about the world. Just <sighs> talking to TC. He's a motivational speaker, uh, talk radio host. You can catch uh, TC Speaks, uh, sorry, real life, real talk. There but that's TC is speaking there. At TC Speaks 32 in the Twitterverse. Uh, but you got real life, real talk that is on from noon to one uh, on Saturdays here on 1049 The Horn. Love All right, it. We come back. We got the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. As uh, soon as I heard the beginning <laughs> of it, I knew and so did Harge. It yeah. is New Jack City as the featured film for midweek movie music. That didn't take long at all. Uh, yeah. Especially when you're dealing with Christopher Williams because you ain't never hear him sing another song after this. <laughs> Not really, no. But this one, yeah. This, stayed, right. this I, is a part one, of Is he the, a one-hit wonder? I don't he, know. He, but he I, could definitely be considered that. This song stands out. Yeah, no question. So uh, somebody got it on the spec sex yeah. I know. One, one of the textures got it. We appreciate got it. that. Came out 32 years ago today. 32 years ago. New Jack City. Yeah. No, New Jack City is a... It is... I, I, my favorite type of movie are like gangster flicks. Basically, mob movies yep. slash gangster flicks. New Jack City falls in the genre of gangster flicks. It's kind of a, an urban gangster flick, if you will. Mm-hmm. And oh man, it was uh, Nino Brown, Nino. great character. He's one of the all-time. If you look at all-time greatest characters in gangster flicks, man, he's he's up there. He is Nino Brown. It's a great character in the gangster flick. Just I'm a definitely part a great of that. Villain. Don't forget about Ice T up in that joint too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he, that was when he was really corny as an actor, though. That's yeah, when he, he was started. still trying to he get just into it. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. He's just yeah. remember Chris Rock though. Pookie, yeah. he was great. Pookie was was awesome. Yeah, you know what I mean. He just keep calling me. Yeah, they just, just keep, keep calling, calling me. me. He keep calling me. Yeah. All right, that was great performance. Mario Van Peebles didn't have Mario many, Van didn't have many Peebles. good performances, but New Jack City was <laughs> it was one of them. Oh man, big fan of New Jack City. Still yeah, to this I'm day, with that. I watch it anytime it's on. So you didn't know Danny Madden's in New Jack? That, that's that song. That song. Jack. That's what I'm saying. When I first heard that song, I was like, man, this is a soulful movie. 
Like I was really. That's why I said about Sister that. Act. I was right. like, this is yeah. a song for uh, Sister Act out there. But New Jack City, perfect. Yeah. And that, oh, this is gonna be a jam. New Jack City soundtrack is legit. Yes, it is a great. There's some soundtrack. stuff that I can't play because, of course, again, in the first thirty seconds, they say a lot of words. A yes. lot, a lot of words that get all of us fired. And nobody yes. wants that. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Oh, no, New Jack City. You know what? Now I got to watch New Jack City. Thanks, Patrick. About <laughs> to waste like two hours rewatching New Jack City like I haven't seen it 55 times. My, my right? like, Why are you watching New Jack City? Don't worry about it, woman. Hey, All right? I'm just doing it for research. <laughs> doing it for research. All right. Uh, speaking of research, you can go do some research at FLXATX.com. FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Go check out the Flex for yourself. Uh, there's also a great right up there for you and oh speaking of the flex we're supposed to do flex on wednesday uh we're not doing that because of texas baseball right right no flex yes so right. apologies i know we're supposed to do a flex every wednesday and trust me i think it, it's still going to continue just not this wednesday because it's about texas baseball this wednesday yep. but go check out the flex flxatx.com flxatx on all of your social media platforms and you can keep up with the flex there as well uh, all right next segment we got to talk Lamar Jackson, gentlemen. Oh, the Lamar Jackson overdue. sweepstakes. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. We'll get into it again. There is a, there's one story from like a year ago that I think is relevant in the Lamar Jackson discourse, the conversation. We'll get into that coming up. Also, the Cowboys had combine interviews. There's a certain amount of combine interviews you can have. I, I think the number's like maybe 40 or something. Um, and we'll get into the combine interviews the Cowboys had and what that tells us about the Cowboys. And Todd McShay had his recent post-combine mock draft. We'll get into that as well. And oh, CB, yes, CB tells us we do need to wish Coach Sark or Coach Steven, they both are having a birthday today. Mm. Coach Sark slash Coach Steven, happy B-Day. How old is Coach Coach Sark slash Coach Steven? Where, how old is he? I think know? this was his, like, 40. Oh, he's got to be. I thought he's older than that. Nah. Really? I think he, no, no, no. Because remember, he played, like, in the 93, 95. Okay. So he might be like forty seven or something like that. All right, so pushing fifty. Forty nine. I was say. That's what I thought. I thought fifty is pretty close for Sark because yeah, fifty is close for me, and I'm younger than Sark. Yeah. 49. So if it was like fifty is pretty close for him because that's why I was like, oh really? Yeah, that makes sense. He's forty nine. Forty nine. Seventy four. Pushing the big five zero. Hey man, ain't nothing wrong with it. What do we get Sark for his B day? Specs text line 512 337 oh <laughs> Be nice. Be nice. Be nice and keep it classy, okay? What do you want to get Sark slash? Matter of fact, get Sark something and then get Coach Steven something. All right, I'll give Ooh, you two. Ooh, that's dangerous. Get Coach Steven something, get Sark something. But be classy about this thing. Come on, Right man. here on Don't Lie, 104 down the horn.